and for that relationship with God to grow deeper and for it to develop and to get stronger and so that you can have your own relationship with God. That's, that's kind of my goal. And, um, and then my, my second goal is to, honestly, just to make your life easier and better. Um, because as you bring in truth into your life, it gives you the ability to overcome. And it gives you the ability to, to win in life. I mean, we're called to, to reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. <clears throat> and when you are reigning, when I'm talking about reigning, I'm talking about reigning like a king. It's the word basilio in the Greek. And, and uh, I mean, when you're reigning, depression's not reigning. When you're reigning, sickness is not reigning. When you're reigning, God is actually reigning through you. And God doesn't want you as his children to live subservient uh, to this world and to this life. He wants, you to, uh, he wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above and not beneath. And he wants you to, he wants you to win. Amen? And um, it doesn't mean that we are always going to win. It just means that there are, there are going to be times when there are... We have to all stop and watch Casey turn the speaker, right? There are going to be times when uh, there, there are going to be challenges. But um, as you bring truth into your life... Um, it's going to give you the ability to overcome the lies of the enemy. And so what, I, what I'm sharing right now, this is, a, um, this is something that I have a real uh, strong understanding of in my own life. And um, it has really helped me understand basically everything. This is kind of the foundation of everything and really understanding yourself, understanding God, and even understanding the Scriptures. And... Um, but I think a lot of times, like, I just kind of reference it, and I just assume that everybody understands it. And what I'm realizing is that not, not, not everyone is really fully grounded in this truth. And even those of us that know this truth, it would be good to get um, grounded again afresh and anew. Because kind of the way that uh, truth operates, like, they um, might got, everybody, there's plenty. Of, Steve, can I borrow your sunglasses? Everybody's got on glasses, glasses, and... I look through those, I won't be able to see that well. So I'm going to borrow these glasses. But truth, truth kind of operates like, like glasses in the sense that like when you get a new revelation, if you re really get a revelation, I'm not talking about like a head knowledge understanding. I'm not talking about like being able to answer it on the test. But I'm talking about like when something like really becomes real to you down in your heart, it changes the way you see the entire world. And the Bible is filled with truths and mysteries and secrets. And when you bring a truth into your mind and then get it down into your heart, it changes the way you see the world that you live in. And that's the goal. The goal is not to, be, to, 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 to do well on you know, Bible trivia or to be able to quote a bunch of scriptures or be able to do well on you know the the Bible category in Jeopardy, the the goal here and not, it's how I many know the goal is also not to come to church and punch your time card and be like I'm God I'm right with God, how I many know you're right with God where you come to church or not if you believe in Jesus Christ, now you come to church to to hear truth and to grow and also to be encouraged by other people's faith I mean we've all encouraged each other this morning myself included, and uh, that's that's the power of us coming together, um, but. You don't, you, but we come because I, I want more truth, because I want more freedom. 
You know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want the enemy having any level of stronghold in my life whatsoever. And I don't want the enemy having any level of stronghold in your life either. I, I want greater and greater levels of freedom for all of us. And so, like, when I put these sunglasses on, like, it now, I, I, everything changes the way that I see. And revelation is like that. Like, you get a revelation of the fact that God wants to heal your body. The way you look at the world is different. You get a revelation that, um, that God wants to give you authority over the enemy. Everything, everything looks different. You know, we, we, we have our outreaches and stuff that we do, and uh, we have outreach coming up this Monday, and, you know, we'll be doing some street preaching, and we'll be feeding people and loving on people. And uh, a couple, couple Mondays ago, um, while I was preaching, uh, I was just out preaching, you know, outside preaching, and somebody, this guy came up, and he was on drugs big time. And I could feel a demonic presence. And what, was, what, what, what the enemy wanted to do is he wanted violence to happen. I could, I could feel it, you know, but I know that I, he that's within me is greater than he that's in the world. So because I know that, I don't look at this situation like I'm afraid. I look at this situation like I'm going to preach and he's going to get delivered or he's going to leave. Like I'm not afraid. Why? Because I have the revelation that I've been given the authority over those things. Amen. Now, there was a time and that was just a head knowledge concept to me. That was just a, like I knew about it, but I didn't really know it in my heart. I mean, when you know something in your heart, it changes everything. You know, here recently we've been teaching Ethan, not recently, but within probably the past year or so, teaching Ethan how to drive. There was a head knowledge in driving. It's like, okay, well, you know, 45 degree angle, here, here, you know, you're doing all these things. But now, I mean, you know, I would guarantee most of y'all that drove here, you don't even remember doing it. Because like because it's so inside of you that you don't have to think about it at all, right? And um, and God wants His His truth to get in you so big that it actually changes the way that you see. Like I used to struggle with depression really bad. I used to struggle with um, being very self conscious and very insecure. But I've brought the I've brought a truth in now. I don't see the world that way any longer. Are y'all tracking me here? And so the purpose of truth is to change the way, is actually to cause you to see clearly. Because when, you, when, when, when lies are on your, on your mind, you, you, and if you believe a lie, that lie is going to give you, gonna, gonna, it's going to have power over your life. But so what, what truth comes is it comes to just kind of clean the windshield of your mind to let you see things as they truly are. And, um, and this, what I'm about to share, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, spirit, soul, and body, uh, just an understanding of this, it's going it, to, it, you get this down inside of you, it's going to help you understand yourself. And it'll also help you understand God. It'll also help you understand the world around you. Thank you so much, Steve. And um, uh, because it, it's just tremendous, it's just great revelation. So, and, and those of you that understand it, just get a little deeper in it because it's going to help you to understand. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so scripture lays out your whole spirit, your soul, and your body. You have three parts to who you are. God has three parts. God's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is a triune being. You are a triune being. You have three parts. And if you don't understand that you have three parts then there are going to be times in your life when you think you're crazy. 
<laughs> you think you're crazy, and really you're not crazy. You're just fine, but there are parts of you that aren't completely redeemed yet. There are parts of you that have not experienced the fullness of the purchased possession according to scriptures. How many know your, your physical body, you don't, how many know you're getting a new body? You're getting a new body. When, you, when, when, when this thing wraps up, either Jesus comes back or we go to heaven and, and this whole thing changes, you're going to get a brand new body. It's going to be a redeemed body. It's going to be a sanctified body. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be total. It's never going to get old. It's never going to hurt. It's never going to have pain. It's going to be just amazing. Can I get an amen for a new body, right? And so you have three parts. Your spirit has experienced redemption. Your spirit is the part of you that's joined to the Lord. Your spirit is purely, if you've been born again, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're not born again, your spirit's dead. Uh, but if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior and you've been born again, then your spirit is totally righteous, totally holy, totally set apart, totally sanctified. In fact, you, you and the Lord, have the, you've been joined to the Lord as one spirit. It's a very powerful thing, right? But now your soul which is your, is your mind, your will, your emotions, your conscience, your thinker, your feeler, your chooser, the way, really, I would say it's even your personality. Um, your, your soul is, is, is this sucker right here. I'm just pointing to this because this helps you see. And uh, your soul is experiencing redemption this morning as I preach because you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And man, the greatness, you're not trying to get more blessed, you're already blessed, Jesus is on the inside of you, you have all of the kingdom on the inside of you, you have all that you're ever going to need, you don't have to chase around an anointing, you don't have to chase around a person, you don't have to do all of those things. How I many you know that everybody, you receive Jesus, you got it all. You're not trying to get more of God. And, and it's, you know, we... we, we <laughs> Unfortunately, we sing songs about that, and we, we're trying to get more of God. We're trying to get more of God. If, you have got, if you're born again, you've got all God you're going to get in terms of your identity. Now, you can take in more truth, which is what we're doing here, and as you renew your mind, you wash your mind, you change the way you think, it's going to allow the greatness of Christ that's in your spirit to shine forth and as, your, and as the greatness of Christ that's already in your spirit shines forth, how I many you know it will change your body? It will change your behavior. You know, I've spent, you know, 20 plus years on this road of understanding who I am in Christ, and I act a lot differently than I did when I first got saved. My behavior has changed dramatically, but I have not become more right with God over the past 20 years. I, I received all the rightness with God I'm ever going to receive when I got born again when I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I was a drug addict, atheist, crazy man, anti-God, very selfish, and I was spiritually dead. And in a moment's time when I called upon the name of the Lord and I called out and I believed that Jesus was the Son of God, that He died for my sins and He was raised from the dead, when I believed those three things and I called upon the name of the Lord and asked Him to save me, I got born again and I became right with God. And I've stayed right with God. Now, my behavior has been like this. <laughs> sometimes I've done well. Sometimes I've done awful. Sometimes I've done well. Sometimes I've done awful. But my salvation has been secure because my salvation has actually been sealed in my spirit by the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the scriptures here in just a second. But as the time has went, I've been taking in truth and renewing my mind to truth. And now... People are seeing more of Jesus out of me than they were when I first got saved. 
Y'all tracking me here? Because I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in more truth. Um, let, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And I just want to pull, I, I like to make things simple and give things a visual if I can. And um, we'll pull this out in just a second. But Hebrews chapter 12, and in, in verse 23, it says, to the, general, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just or the spirits of righteous men made perfect. The spirits of righteous men made perfect. Once again, getting back to this again, your spirit is perfect. Your spirit is righteous. Your spirit is holy. Right? Now, how many know that your thoughts might not always be perfect? How many know your actions might not always be perfect? But your spirit is perfect. Amen? And, and, um, and, and I just want to pull this out just to kind of give you a visual, and I'm probably going to use this pretty regularly, but this is, this is kind of like a visual representation of the way that you are. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, this sucker right here is wall-to-wall God. Like, just wall-to-wall God. There's no sin in your spirit. There's no darkness in your spirit. There's nothing wicked in your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. This is the down payment of your redemption. See, there's other aspects of redemption that's coming. Your soul is going to be completely uh, redeemed. Your body is, you're going to get a brand new body that's no longer susceptible to aches and pains and sickness and disease. Your mind's no longer going to be susceptible to depression. You know, when you're in heaven, there's not going to be any depression. When you know when you're in heaven, there's not going to be any fear. There's not going to be any anxiety. You're going to be the freest you've ever been ever because you're going to experience all of redemption. You will walk as a totally redeemed person, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? Um, but while you're down here, um, your soul really is what needs to be serviced. Your thinking. You know? Uh, how, many know, you know, how many of your car periodically needs to be serviced? You got to put fresh oil in your car. You got to, you know, just like even today when we were uh, in a place of worship, I came in today hungry for God's presence. I was like, man, I really want to get filled up with God's presence today. Why? Because I don't know. I just, you know, I just need Him. You know, I feel like the more you walk with God, the more you realize just how weak you are and how dependent you are on Him, you know? And, and, and I was just like, man, I just need God. And I need him to fill up my cup. <clears throat> and so when we come together in that corporate atmosphere of worship, how many of your cup gets filled up? And, and there's a power in it. And, and your cup will get filled up in a way that's greater than what it can when you're by yourself. Uh, there's a power in corporate worship. It's the way God intended it. And so uh, I, I needed a fresh filling of the Spirit of God. How about you guys? Amen? And, and so, um, but you're, you're, this soul right here this determines what we're going to see on the outside of you. So like if my soul is all jacked up with lies, I can, I'm born again, but I'm still doing extreme dumb stuff in my body. Like after I got saved, I didn't look that much different. I mean, some people, they got this, this great testimony where they got set free from everything when they got saved. I'm not sure I got set free of anything after I got saved. I just got saved. I mean, for real, like I was, I was still, my first vow was to not drink beer. 
<laughs> that was my first vow. And I was still on drugs at the time. I was like, you know what? I vowed to God. And I broke it. I broke it at a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, I guess, man, whatever. But like, I, I, I was not, I was saved, but my brain was jacked up. And, and like, you couldn't even tell I was really that saved outside of the fact that I was just thankful. But that like slowly, like the truth kept coming and it's like the person that I really was started showing up in my head, like in my brain. And like I started changing and my, my life started changing. And the thing about it is, is your soul doesn't really grow up as a result of the passage of time. I mean, there are people that sit in churches and they hear very little truth. And so they don't grow. And they basically, they're born again, but they're babysat by a taskmaster. And so it's like a daycare. Amen. Praise God. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but, but truth is offensive to wrong thinking. And, and um, the shallow end of the pool always has the most people in it. Amen. And, and when you start to hear truth and you're, you're ready to, to change the way you think and you're ready to be challenged concerning the way that you see yourself and the way that you see God, not everybody wants to go on that ride. And that's okay. I mean, you know, that's okay. I don't, I don't, there's no ill will towards anybody that doesn't want to. But like the, the, the quality of your life is going to be a direct result of you renewing your mind to truth. And, and, and as you set out on a journey to learn about God, how I many it'll take you different places. It'll take you to different churches. It'll take you, you'll have different seasons in different places. And I think all of that's okay. I think it's healthy. I think it's good. I mean, you just... You know, understand, no pastor has ownership of you ever. Nobody owns you. I don't own you. You know what I'm saying? You, you have a shepherd. You have a real, yeah, he's the, he's, the, he's the shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd, right? But in the process of time, in the pursuit of truth, what God is looking to do is to get your soul to where it's standing upright so that your spirit can shine peace and love and joy and kindness and authority and dominion and power through. See, there's not anyone in this room that has more of Jesus than anybody else. We all have the same amount of Jesus. But there's a renewal of our minds that's going to bring us freedom. And, you know, finally I got to the place where I renewed my mind where I found out I'm not a drug addict. Well, praise God. You know what I'm saying? I found out I wasn't a drug addict. I found out I wasn't an alcoholic. I'm a child of God. I found out I didn't have to be addicted to pornography. I'm a child of God. I found out anger didn't have to dominate my life. I'm a child of God. I started finding out who I was. I started finding out depression was not my zip code. I didn't have to live in depression. I didn't have to live in anxiety. I don't have to live in insecurity. I can be confident. Like the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, I'm not standing before you to where I am totally free, you know, I was committing some gluttony in that last night during the UK football game, praise God. My wife made homemade cinnamon rolls. I ate 30 of them and passed out on the couch. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to say, like, you're going to get your mind totally renewed and you're just going to shine and you're going to be awesome and you're just going to float through life and everyone, oh. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But, but what I am saying is that this spirit, this is who you are. You are now just like Jesus on the inside. And when your soul has a bad day, and when your soul has a bad day, your body has a bad day. 
Because whatever your soul decides to do, that's what your body's going to do. Your body doesn't have the, your, your body's not the decision maker. Your soul is. How I many of oh, you chose to come to church today? You, and you know who chose? Your soul did. Your spirit always wants to come together with the believers. It does. Your soul doesn't always want to. And I dare say your body never wants to. <laughs> you know what your body want to do? In bed. You know what I'm saying? And so, whatever. But it's your soul that is the one that really decides where, where, where you're going. But when you have a day filled with crazy thoughts, listen, that's not who you are. You have to understand that that's your soul. You have to take authority over those thoughts, cast those thoughts down, and realize those thoughts aren't yours. I mean, even today, like there's just a heaviness that was in the atmosphere today. I spent a long time in prayer today already. God, you know, got me up earlier than normal this morning. I've been praying, but there was just a heaviness. Listen, so that heaviness doesn't define us. Y'all tracking me here? I mean, you know, sometimes there can be an attack in the soul realm. Sometimes the enemy can be trying to bring in doubt, bring in fear, bring in anxiousness, all of these things. And so understanding that your spirit, soul, and body, when you're having a bad day in your soul, it doesn't change your nature. It doesn't change who you are. How many of you have times when you feel like you're saved? And then you may have times when you feel like maybe you're not. Just in your feelings. Just your feelings. But you can get yourself rooted and grounded in that truth to where you know that you're saved and loved and blessed on your good days and on your bad days. Man, it brings it. There are some people, they have, they have so little truth in their soul, God love them, that they think every day is a heaven and hell decision. Man, I, you know, I got mad in traffic today, that's it, I'm going to hell. You know, and, and oh, I did well today, I'm going to heaven. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, but there are people that live like that, and the reason they live like that is they haven't been told the truth. They haven't been told the truth that their spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit and they can't, they can't lose their salvation just because they, they make a mistake. There's all kinds of people that don't have that truth and that freedom. And, but, but, I mean, but God, He wants to bring greater and greater levels of truth into your life so that A, your life's better, but so that B, you start to walk and talk and live like, like a child of God. Can I get an amen? And it just makes your life better. And so um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and in verse 17, I, I've quoted this, but I just want to show it to you real quick. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He is joined to the Lord as one spirit with him. What does that mean? That means you're joined to the Lord in spirit. That's, you know, that's actually where you hear God from is down here in your spirit. When you get that, when you get that, uh, don't do that. That's your spirit. God speaks to you through your spirit. And so while you're in church, what's happening is God is speaking to you in your spirit. And then hopefully God is speaking through my spirit and through my soul so that the word of God can, can hit your mind. So there's a teacher within you and there's a teacher coming to you and they're both trying to service your mind to try to bring you into a place of greater and greater truth um, so that you can enjoy greater and greater levels of freedom. Because see, some of the bondages that some of us have been experiencing, you're one truth away from being completely set free from that. You're one truth away. And I just want to encourage you, like, never get to the place to where you think, I'm just going to live like this. It's just how I am. 
It's how my marriage is going to be. This is how my relationship with my children is going to be. This is how my finances are going to be. This is just how it is. No, man. Be, and we talked about this last time I was here. Be willing to grow. Be willing to change. Because good things happen during growth. Now, growth is, is not comfortable. Growth is, um, it'll get you out of your comfort zone. It'll make you uncomfortable. But how many know once you've, you've grown some, it makes life a little bit better? Can I get an amen to that? You know, and, and, uh, and you know, one of the things I was sharing here recently and just being vulnerable about is, you know, in my childhood, I was emotionally abused. And as a result of that, um, it, it's, it was difficult for me to really be able to talk to my wife in a place of when there was a disagreement or something like that where she didn't agree with me or had some criticism towards me without me feeling like I was being attacked and I had to defend myself. Because I spent my entire childhood just being, a, being a, when my mom was drunk, being attacked. And so God has finally got me to this place to where I can be more open and more vulnerable. And when her and I have a disagreement, I don't have to bring all my trauma and set it on the table. And when I, when, when I get that gut-jerk emotional reaction of that fight or flight when there's a disagreement, now I, I, am, I am, this area of my soul has prospered in truth, and now I can actually sit down and talk to her without feeling attacked. How many of you that makes my life better? How many of you makes her life a lot better too? Praise God. Come on. Growth though. How many of everybody in here, you currently believe lies about yourself? And a whole bunch of them, you probably don't even know what they are. But God is committed to bringing truth to you because He loves you so that He can bring greater and greater levels of freedom into your life. Because how many know God, not only does God want you to have a good life in heaven, how many know God wants you to have some days of heaven on earth? But, but, but there's elements of this that requires growth and requires change. And there's a renewal. But, but I, I say all that to say this, in your, in, in your spirit, you're perfect. You're joined as one spirit to the Lord. That's why you hear me say it all the time. Is there anything wicked in Jesus? Is there anything bad in Jesus? No. Is there anything twisted in Jesus? No. Where are you? In Jesus. That's right. And so that's the solid thing. That's the foundation of all your walk with God is you're secure in your spirit. You're joined as one spirit to the Lord. But now your mind or your soul, that's what we want to renew with truth. Amen? And so um, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1, please. And... Because it's difficult to understand that you're right with God if you don't understand that you're spirit, soul, and body. Because you can hear me talk about being right with God and being the righteousness of God and all these things, but you can think, well, how can I be right with God when I'm doing this? How can I be right with God when I'm making this mistake? How can I be right with God when I just thought that? How can I be right with God when clearly my thoughts aren't always in line with God and my actions aren't always in line with God. How can I be right with God? Well, you won't understand that until you understand that you're a three-part being, your spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit never stops being right with God on your good days and on your bad days. Your spirit is joined as one spirit to the Lord. It's the greatest miracle ever. It's a miracle of salvation, amen? And it won't be taken away from you. And the more you understand that, it's going to bring a security and a, a, a solidness to your life. Amen? And so Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in, him, in whom also, having believed, 
you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee or the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So, and, and that's a little bit wordy, but what he's saying is when you got saved, God made the down payment into your spirit of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God to cause you to be born again. Right? Now, the, the redemption of the purchased possession is coming later. That's a big statement for saying your body is eventually going to enjoy the same redemption that your spirit did. Right? And, and your mind is enjoying that, that redemption as you learn about who you are in Christ and you learn about who God is. Right? But right now, your spirit is wall-to-wall Jesus. Your spirit is wall... And I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but like I just want you to get it. And so you're, you're the righteousness of God. But then it says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Now, you do a lot of canning, you know, and so you know that the seal is important, right? If the seal is good, then what stays inside is good, right? But if the seal is broken or messed up, then what's inside can be rotted, right? And so... If so, you can take, you know, how many of you know, anybody ever done any canning or eaten anything out of a can? We're from Kentucky, probably everybody, right? And so, like, um, you can take, you know, like my, when I grew up, the thing I loved to eat was my, my grandma would make pickled corn. Have you ever had any pickled corn before? You had some, oh, come on, man. And, and like, no, I can't get it anymore. Like, I cannot get pickled corn like my grandma made it. You're just throwing that out there as a, like a challenge. <laughs> You got, amen, amen, because faith without hands is dead. Anyway, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But my grandma, she'd always come out and she'd be like, what's the last can? Every can was the last can of pickled corn. Every jar is the last one. And we'd be like, oh, man. And we just, we love, it's just awesome. It's just good stuff. I don't know. I'm drooling just thinking about it. But like that pickled corn, man, like it could be in there for 20 years. And as long as the seal stayed intact, it was good, right? I mean, you could take that pickled corn and you could you could throw it into a uh, into just something gross. But as long as that seal stayed intact, everything in was protected. Listen, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. So the 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 canning seal can be strong, but how many know? The, the, the seal on the can is not as strong as God. So your spirit has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so what does that mean? That means that when you sin in your body, with your actions, and you sin in your thoughts, it can't get into your spirit. Because you've been sealed. Listen to me. If you weren't sealed, there's no way any of us would make it to heaven. It's the truth. Because if you weren't sealed by the Holy Spirit, then what would happen is you get born again, you get saved, and your spirit would be a lot like this piece of paper. Like it would be very fragile. And all it would take is one transgression, one mistake, which you'd probably make for you even left the church. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, how I many of sin is not just doing immoral stuff? How I many of sin is unbelief? Sin is fear. It's not just the things that you do that's bad. How many of us the good things that you could have done that you didn't do? Dude, the list goes on and on. The standard is so high. You just can't keep it. Nobody can. That's the purpose of the law, right? But so like, if you weren't sealed, heaven would be populated by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
because we can't do it. See, and the law was us trying to do it. You know, man climbing up that ladder of moralism and trying to keep the laws and trying to do everything right. How I many of everybody fell short? Nobody could do it in their own strength. The best under the old covenant, God, man after God's own heart, David. I mean, David killed somebody and committed adultery, and he was one of the God's best. <laughs> okay? I say all that to say, like, we can't do it. But, like, your spirit, this is the good news of the gospel. Everybody say good news. This is the good news. Your spirit has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. So when sin happens in the body, when sin happens in the mind, it does not penetrate your spirit. You stay born again. Now, what that does is it doesn't give you a pass to sin. It doesn't give you a pass um, to, to, to operate in you know, rebellion and all of these things. Anybody ever tried to take a beach ball and put it underwater and keep it there? I mean, you can't do it. Well, you, as a believer, you can't live in sin and enjoy your life. You just can't. Why? Because it's not who you are. And you can try, and you can try, and you can try, and you can try hard and try hard. You can run from God. You can run from fellowship with God. But like, He's in there, and He ain't going to leave you alone. And no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you're not going to be satisfied with sin. Because it's not your nature. Right? And even though you might be mistake, making mistakes outwardly, your spirit is sealed. Like when I first got saved, I mean, I basically walked with God for like three months, and then I went right back to the party lifestyle that I came out of. And I ran hard for another couple years. And, but, and just being honest with you, I, just, that's, I went for about three months and, and you know, kind of tried to serve God, and I was like, ah, I can't do this, man. And so I just went back to the world. But now, I mean, I can remember being at parties miserable. I mean, I can remember one night we were at a party and like I was wanting to go to bed at nine o'clock. Like everyone, like I mean, I mean, no, if you're trying to go to bed at nine o'clock, you are not partying hard. You know what I'm saying? But like what had happened to me is like I wasn't the same person that I was, and my spirit wasn't bearing witness with any of this craziness, and I was miserable because I wasn't created to live like that. Y'all tracking me here. And so what God does is when he gets when you get saved. He puts a piece of himself down inside of you, and that piece never leaves because it's sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's how you can be the righteousness of God even when you sin. Even when you make mistakes. And we're going to take a look at a couple more scriptures to, to, to solidify this reality. Turn to 1 John chapter 3, please. Because it's true. Because if you could sin away your salvation, you would. But God made it to where we couldn't do it. And it doesn't give you a license to sin. See, I'm telling you that the power of God's Spirit is a greater motivator, motivator to do what's right than the fear of hell or even the, the fear of repercussion of sin. Your, your spirit man wants to walk in love. Your spirit man is full of faith. Your spirit man, that part of you that has received Jesus just wants to serve God and really is always serving God. But our soul gets in the way and, and, and sometimes our soul gets crazy. But how many know your, 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 your soul can, can be crazy, but your spirit's still a solid rock? 
then you're still a child of God. You know, don't change it. And I mean, I love bringing out this analogy. I feel like I do it at least once a sermon, but like, you know, <laughs> Lily has poopy diapers, right? And they're awful. And, uh, and they're not cool. And it's just a part of having kids. But like, when, you know, when she has a poopy diaper, it does not change her value. I still love her. And I love her so much that I will change her poopy diaper over and over and over again, you know? And it takes me 75 wipes to change a diaper. It takes my wife too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need more wipes. <laughs> Give me wipes. I just shut the whole house down. I need wipes. Just throw wipes at me until I'm done. Ah, ah, I'm sweating. She's sweating. You know, it's just like, and my wife like, boop, boop, and it's done. I'm like, ah. But like, ah, yeah, she is. But, but her, her, her poopiness doesn't change my love for her. Doesn't change her value. And so you can have some poopiness in your thoughts. It's a new word, right? Poopiness. Can y'all hang with me on that? Oh, let's, do, let's, let's pull out the way we normally say it. Stinking thinking. You can have some stinking thinking. I mean, you can wake up and, and you know, you can be so mad. And you can be so mad at somebody. And so mad. Ugh, ugh. But how many of your spirit's not mad at them? Your spirit actually loves them. But your soul is like daydreaming about beating them up. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and, but how many know if you stay in that bad place in your thoughts, it'll eventually affect your behavior. And you might do something real dumb out here that might not bear witness to who you are in Christ. And if you do something dumb outwardly, how many know it might mess your life up? You know, and it might hurt somebody or hurt yourself or whatever, but you're still saved. You're still born again. You just forgot who you were. Scripture talks about it. It says when you're a, when you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you forgot who you were. And that's why the gospel always comes to remind you who you are in Christ. You, every time you come to church, you shouldn't hear a message on who you should try and be. You should hear a message on who you are. Because it, it's who you are. You know, I've seen people... You know, I've had, you know, I've had the honor of restoring some people, um, you know, who are believers and who, who just walked down a really dark road. I mean, you know, as a believer, you can walk down a really dark road and you can, you can do some really dumb, you can do dumber stuff than what you did before you were saved. It's true Amen. because you have an enemy now who's trying to mess with you. But like, but the Lord, like he doesn't give up on you. And, you know, and I've had the opportunity to just really just, all I try to do is just remind people who they are. Like, you're walking around like this right now, but this is who you are. Let me, let me just remind you. You know, what you're doing is wrong, and we need to acknowledge it, it's wrong. And you need to quit doing that because that's not who you are. But, like, let me tell you who you are. And as I tell them who they are and I just remind them and start preaching the gospel to them, it's like their soul wakes up out of that dark place, and then they start acting like themselves again because they just had a period. How many enemies always trying to steal your identity? He's always trying to make you think you're somebody that you're not. Come on, man. And you just and, and I don't care how many times you fall, I don't care how many times you fail, you can't not unseal the lock on your spirit. You can't do it. I'm sorry, your, your sin is not that great. <laughs> Weak. You know what I'm saying? Compared to the cross. Now, you can die early. You know, you can kill your marriage. You can... 
You can, you can destroy your finances. You can destroy your health through your mistakes. How many of God will rescue you from all your bad decisions? Can I get an amen? So I'm not preaching that there's no responsibility for our behavior, but what I am saying is, is that what God has done in you is greater than the mistakes that you can make. And so you may have moments where you feel like you're crazy and stuff like that. I'm just here to tell you that, that your soul might be going crazy, but your spirit's a solid rock, and that never changes. And that's one of the reasons we come together with other believers, because, I mean, you know, we're here to believe the best of each other. You know, we're not here to, to judge and condemn each other. We're here to believe the best of each other, to encourage each other, to remind each other who we are, so that when we walk out that door, our soul is a little bit more unwrinkled, and we can be who we are in Christ as we leave this place. Amen? That's what we're called to do. But 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9, it make, and there's some astonishing statements in the book of 1 John. It says, whoever, is, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. It says that when you're born again, you can't sin. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've sinned a little bit since I've been saved. Anybody else? <laughs> Can we be honest? So... He must be talking about something other than your soul and your flesh. Let's go to a different one. Let's drop down to uh, uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he, he was manifested to take away our sins. In Him there is no sin. How many of you know there's no sin in Jesus? Where is Jesus right now? He's in you. He's in your spirit. So, how I many know there's the only time there was sin on Jesus was at the cross? He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Well, how I many know now Jesus is now, He died the death, he did the, he did the punishment, He took all the stuff, and now Jesus is risen. How I many know sin will never touch Jesus again? Where is Jesus now in your life? He's in your spirit. You are joined to the Lord in the same spirit. In Him there is no sin. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Once again, I'm not talking about behavior. I'm talking about in your spirit. It says, whoever sins has neither seen Him nor known Him. I mean, once again, I mean, this is not talking about behavior. Because there is not a Christian on earth right now who does not sin and fall short in their behavior. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about the guys on TV, the guys not on TV, the guys who wrote all the books, the guys who didn't write all the books. Now, they may not be, you know, doing some type of, you know, just hardcore immorality, but how many know whatever is not a faith is sin? If they got startled walking to their car and they got it scared, that's sin. So we lower the standard and say, well, just no adultery and, you know, no fornication and no blah, 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 whatever. You know, we have our little sins we like to talk about. These are, these are the sins. But like, whatever is not a faith is sin. If you get nervous, if you get afraid. So like, the standard is so high, nobody can keep it. So what this passage is talking about is once you're born of God, sin cannot enter into your spirit any longer. You know what that should do for you? That should, that should put some confidence in you. That should put a spring in your step. See, 
Because those who think that they can lose their salvation in just a moment's time, and they can suddenly get out of right standing with God, how many know those people live freaked out all the time? They're freaked out. Why? Because they're constantly afraid their performance is going to cause them to be rejected. And the, the greatest way I can lay it out is like this. If I have a two-by-four on the ground, right, and it's just on the ground, how I many I have no problem walking on the two-by-four? Why? It's easy. Two-by-four, easy. But let's say I take it and put it 200 feet in the air. Now I can't walk on it. Why? Because I'm so scared of failing. God took the two-by-four of your walk, and he put it on the ground. And he said, okay, now walk with me. And it's a whole lot easier to walk with Him when you're not scared of Him rejecting you at every single moment. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How I many know when we really start to understand this thing, it's actually not about us. It's about Jesus. About Him being awesome and saving us. Amen? And so... You're not, li- you're not living your life on this tightrope tight of performance. I mean, you can relax. You know, in my home, my kids aren't scared they're going to suddenly not be my kids one day. Like, they don't, there's no fear that they're going to lose their identity. But how many of you there are some households where people feel like that? And they're in a constant state of just this close to being kicked out, this close to being rejected. I mean, it's real hard to have a relationship like that. Why? Because you're constantly, I mean, if you're constantly thinking about your own behavior and your own performance and you're always trying to impress and all of these things, man, you've been around somebody you didn't feel like you're good enough? And you've been in a relationship you didn't feel like you're good enough? That's hard relationship. It's actually not refreshing to you at all. It's a labor because you're always trying to be good enough. Always trying, always trying, always trying. I mean, you can't actually ever be yourself. See, you don't trust somebody until you trust them with your weakness. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you don't really have a deep relationship with somebody until you can trust them with your weakness. That's my goal in our fellowship is to create an environment where you can be weak around somebody and not be attacked. Where you can open up and be vulnerable and not feel like you got a knife in your back because you walked through something or did something dumb. Because the reality, as human beings, we do dumb stuff. And it'd be a whole lot better not to hide it and just put it out on the table and talk about it so that we can walk through it and be free from it. Because there's nobody in this room that's perfect. There's nobody watching online that's perfect. But Christianity isn't about hiding all of your mistakes and putting a mask out front and being like, I am awesome, blessed person. That's, I've did that. I did that for a long time. It's awful. You can only handle doing it once a week. It's all you can take. Because it's so taxing. Because you've got to try to act like you're awesome and you're blessed and you've got to say everything right. Do I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Take me as I am. How many of God does not look at you like that? How many of, see, how many of, we have the ability to hide some things from each other, right? Not that difficult. But I mean, you can't hide anything from God. And you've never been able to hide anything from God. And He still loves you. 
He still loves you. And he, and he loves you more than you love you. And He believes in you. And He still called you and saved you and died for you. And you can't hide anything from Him. So like, when we're like trying to hide stuff from God, it's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. <laughs> it's like a child trying to hide something. You know, like, you know, like, I don't have an ice cream cone behind my back. <laughs> you know, I don't, or whatever. Like, it's ridiculous. You can't hide anything from God. There's nothing that he can't see. Y'all tracking me here. But like, he still loves you and values you. Y'all tracking me here. And so like, how many know we shouldn't be hiding things from each other? You know, there's a place of freedom when you just talk about what you're dealing with. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another. How I many know you don't confess your sins for, to be forgiven by God? If you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're forgiven eternally. You confess your faults to one another so that you can dismiss the shame about holding that thing to yourself. Amen. So, you know, you just express them. Look, I, I, I did this and I'm struggling with this. I need some help. And then if you're around someone who's spiritual and mature, they're not going to condemn you and attack you. They're going to restore you, and they're going to remind you, this is who you are. That behavior that you're involved in, that's not you. Y'all tracking me here. And people stay in behavior like that because they're trying to hide it, and they're ashamed of it, and then they try to put on a mask and all these types of things. And like God's like, I see you. You know, when the Pharisees and Sadducees would come to Jesus they would try to put on a mask. And, and God, God, do, God does not like masks because if you think you got to wear a mask to be loved, then you're not going to actually enjoy love. Why? Because you think because your mask is being loved, not who you really are. Just like when the, when, the, when the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus about healing her daughter. And she was like, Lord... When she first came to him, she came to him speaking as if she were a Jew. She was trying to get in on and be a Jew. How I many of you know, Jesus knew she wasn't a Jew. But Jesus also knew that if she received healing, acting like she was a Jew, then she herself would not experience love. Just her performance would experience love. And so Jesus had harsh words for her. He said, no, we're not going to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. What was, he, what was he doing? Was he being mean to her? No, he was exposing her self-righteousness so that she could take her mask off and be loved just the way she was. And so rather than her continuing her facade and continuing this hiding and this charade, she said, man, well, she said, well, even the puppies, the puppies get the scraps from the table. What happened to her in that moment? Jesus wasn't trying to humble her and make her feel bad. Jesus was trying to say to her, you don't have to act like you're something you're not. And when she admitted who she really was, healing came. It's that fake mask stuff that keeps us from being healed and keeps us from receiving truth. How many know that, that you can develop a fake facade in your soul? You can develop a mask. And how many know God wants to, he wants to shoot right through that thing? Why? Because you won't experience real love until that mask is off of you. Yep. 
Because listen, you're worthy of love just the way you are. You're worthy of blessing just the way you are. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. How many of the thief on the cross, he didn't do one single good deed? But how many of the Lord saved him? Why? Because he did the, the thing that really matters is just believing. Amen? And so God doesn't want, God sees everything. God doesn't want you to, you can't hide anything from God. And God doesn't want you hiding anything from each other. God wants you to be open and honest and genuine because when that's not happening, healing can't flow like it's supposed to flow. Praise God. I'm speaking to some people right now by the Spirit. God hijacked the message and he had that to say. Yep. People here, people online, wherever. But it's, it's being spoken. Why? Because God loves you. Because that's how much he loves you. Amen? God always, he, he won't allow you to believe something about yourself that's not true. How I many know when the prodigal son came home, he tried to take on a different identity? He said, I'm just going to work for God. And he'll find value in what I can do for him. God is not as concerned about what you can do for him as he is concerned about who you are. And sometimes we'll use the things that we do for God to hide behind. And God's like, how many of the, when, the, when, the, when the, the father's like, he didn't even entertain it. He didn't even, he didn't even answer it. He's like, look. He's like, look, I know I'm not worthy for the inheritance, so I'm just going to work for you. He did not even answer it. He was like, bring the best robe. Bring the ring. Bring the shoes. Remind my son who he is. That's like the entirety of the message of the gospel. God wants to remind you who you are. Amen? Because when you take on a false identity, it's bad for you, it's bad for those around you, and you're not experiencing real love. Amen? He loves you. He's for you. He doesn't want you to hide anything from Him. You can't hide anything from Him anyway. He doesn't want you to hide anything from anybody else. He wants you to be open and honest. Amen? That's, that's where healing flows. That's where healing flows. Thank you, God. I, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to push. But I'm almost done. We're going to be studying this for a little bit. Um, but I just want to pray because I feel like God's touching something right now. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just, anybody in here who's hiding something, whether it be in here or online or even in the future when they watch this message, Lord, I, I just thank you that by me saying these things, you are conveying to them, number one, that you love them. Number two, they don't have to live like that. And number three, you have deliverance for them. Lord, I, I just thank you that by your spirit, by your unction, by your ability, they lay that mass down and they become true to themselves and true to those around them. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. But in closing, and we're not going to really move forward with anything else that we have here today, but your spirit, your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Your spirit's sealed. Your spirit is totally righteous. Your spirit is totally holy. That's never going to change. Your soul is something that you are renewing. You're renewing your soul to truth. And uh, that, that, 
Take some time, and then as you renew your soul to truth, you're gonna, you're gonna, your body's gonna, you're gonna act different. You're gonna walk different. You're gonna talk different. Just like I was put Steve's glasses on, you're gonna see different. You know, I, I, it just truth changes you. It's awesome. But so when your soul's crazy, and when your actions are crazy, it's, you're still who you are in Christ. And so now it helps you to understand how you can still be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even when. Crazy things are happening around you or even, or even in you, right? God loves you, and he's got, he's got a good place for you. So I feel like we're going to do something a little different. So, Sean, will you come, come on up here pretty please? And um, I will just, if you need to give an up this morning, lift your hand up, and we'll get one to you. Those of you that are giving online, go to gracepointgeorgetown.com, and you can give like that. And then, um, um, and then on, on, from an announcement perspective, we have our outreach on Monday night. The outreach will begin at 6 o'clock. If you are not on the texting list and you want to help with that, please talk to me. Um, I'll be out. We'll be, we're just going to, what is the outreach? We just feed people. We love on people. And we direct them to Jesus. That's 